This is Untitled MMA. Untitled MMA Podcast, December 18th, 2019. Hot off of UFC 245. Whole lot to talk about there. We're How hot get... is it if we're releasing this like four days after? That was my exact thoughts. Whose fault is it that it's four days after? Uh, is it not, mine? Not mine. <laughs> but continue your beginning monologue. Lukewarm off of UFC 245. A whole lot to talk about there, even if it is four days after and... It not being my fault that it's four days after. But we're going to get into it. So, I'm Buju. I am Brendan Davis. Whoa. Uh, whoa. Last All name right. drop. <laughs> and I'm Bryce. What's your social security number? 308. You might you have given too much information already. <laughs> I did two, two-ninths of it. I think it's 308. Who knows? <laughs> Honestly, I have to really think about it if when I, honest, I need it for a form. Just don't go through my notes on my phone. It's probably not the safest place. Oh my god! Don't. <laughs> s- what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> if some per- listener is, has my phone, then I mean they can have. They, d- they deserve my social security number. They could get into your iCloud. Yeah. How are they gonna hack my iCloud? Just don't give any more information. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Um, my middle name is Joseph. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lie, so you don't use my information. You just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, off of 240, UFC 245, headlined by Kobe Covington and Cameron Usman. Have we ever had more of a poetic ending to a rivalry than Kobe Covington getting his jaw broken and losing in a title fight? That was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, I, that's all I have to say. It was very beautiful. This is like the most I've seen MMA on social media outside of the MMA community in a long time. This a is lot true. of a lot of black people and Mexican people who obviously are less likely to support Trump compared to white people are sharing this like they're like homemade memes or whatever and posts just about homemade memes. <laughs> you know, not like whipping up a batch of them fresh memes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's bad. That's terrible. But um, yeah, uh, people that obviously don't support Trump or MAGA, they are strong fans that a Trump supporter got his jaw broken, especially by an immigrant. Yeah. So yeah, I de- I one hundred percent agree. I didn't even think about that until you brought it up. I've seen a lot of people that know absolutely nothing about MMA retweeting, sharing things about how this MAGA guy got knocked out by a black immigrant and. So, it's been uh, a pressing issue on the American public at large. I don't know what it looks like on Twitter, because I follow less uh, reliable sources when it comes to MMA people, but when it comes to my Facebook, which is definitely just, like, my friends and people that I actually know, not just, like, people that are... Do you enjoy their information from? Yeah, not not credible people in MMA, just people that I socialize with or whatever, are sharing this. So, I don't know if you see this compared to... If you're probably a grown man that enjoys MMA, so you see less of it. But in saying that, it's touching 
other people. This that was a big deal. MMA. This was a big deal that happened this deal. past weekend. So that in the end, that means Colby Covington did his job. Whether we like it or not, he did sell the fight and he made people care who wouldn't normally care. But, but at the same time, those how people, many of those people? Yeah, those those people weren't buying the fight. Yeah, how many of those people even watched any of it? They and didn't just see pictures and just spread it like wildfire. But I mean, it is still getting UFC information out there to the public. That being said, like. I'm as happy as anybody. Colby Covington got knocked out. We all stood up and cheered when it happened. That doesn't usually happen when it's not a Max Holloway or Conor McGregor or uh, Anthony Pettis fight. And all three of us physically and emotionally reacted when the fight ended on Saturday. Yeah, scared the crap out of our my new puppy. Something that is easily forgotten, bad guys are not like just awesome just to have a bad guy, but bad guys are good for good guys because they make good guys look more good, if that yeah, makes and sense. It helps I'll- make... Uh, Cameron Usman, a better draw next time. Out. I'm much, yeah. much more of a Cameron Usman fan after Saturday than I was going into it. Like, I was very neutral on Cameron Usman. It was just, I was completely anti Kobe Covington. And now coming off UFC 245, and not necessarily, unless he's fighting Jorge Masvidal next, which throws a wrench into the th- whole thing, I'll probably be rooting for Cameron Usman in his next fight now. Yeah, I agree. The, the way he performed in this fight definitely intrigued me. And, what, and once, in, Gets me to want to watch his next fight more than so than I would previously, and it, it just makes him a better draw, similar to what Bryce said. Maybe I mischaracterized Cameron Usman going into this one too, but I think my idea of him was kind of a, and like I said, maybe it's unfair, but a boring wrestler. Like I feel like that's what we've seen. A majority of his time in the octagon was spent wrestling very boringly. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I mean, I think that he had talked about all the fight week that he wanted to knock out. Colby Covington, so he actually did something about it. Instead of hoping to get a knockout out of his normal style, he showed he threw hands for 24 minutes. And he's a pretty good MMA boxer. Like, he's got quick hands, and his jab was fuck. He, he was catching Colby with the jab all night, anytime he wanted. To. Yeah, and that straight right, um, if he th- that one too was deadly. The body shots took uh, some of Colby's game plan away, slowed him down a little bit. Colby couldn't move in those later rounds like he could earlier on. He threw he was averaging like 20-some strikes a minute in the first round, and it slowed down to six, I believe, in the third round. Yeah. So, great game plan by uh, Cameron Usman, going completely outside of his comfort zone and still got a finish win against a guy who we thought going into the fight might be the best welterweight in the world. For certainty, if it wasn't for my hatred of Colby Covington, I would, be, I would not be as interested in this fight leading up to it as I was, and... I wouldn't be as into Colby, like not as into him as like right. a likable aspect, more of Love a hate. to hate him. Yeah. And I was, as well as liking Usman. So hating a piece of shit like Colby is just good for the sport, even though he is a piece of shit and nobody likes a piece of shit. As now, when it comes to Colby being a piece of shit, this narrative that is going on Twitter now, I guess this is more within the MMA community, that Colby's this tough guy and despite the character he went in there and laid it all on the line. Whether he got his jaw broken and continued or not, fuck Colby Covington. Yeah. Whether he's playing a character or not, and this is a turned-up version of himself or he doesn't actually believe these things, it doesn't matter because he's still saying them and he's rallying people behind the message that he's portraying. So fuck Colby Covington. It doesn't matter if he fought with a broken jaw or not. He's a piece of shit. Fuck that guy. I'm glad he lost. I'm glad his jaw's broken, and I wish it was worse. I will say I do respect his uh, what his perseverance and everything that goes into him continuing to fight. But like you said, he's still a piece of shit. In saying that, like just him continuing to fight with a broken jaw, we will talk about this 
as you see, you retweeted something on Anthony Pettis. I just wish the fighters I like had the perseverance, dedicate everything, all those words that he has to become a great fighter that he is. Yeah, we can talk about that now because I agree that this um, people. I think there's one person in particular, Aaron. I can't remember what his last name is. You probably know who it is. Bronister. Yeah, that guy. He had tweeted something along the lines of, uh, this isn't who he is. He was playing a persona this whole time. Don't bash him so much. But he said all of these things. Other people have come out and said he's a crap dude. Mm-hmm. John Jones. John Jones, who I would imagine I, would know some bad yeah, dudes. Fellow crap dude. Yeah. And, I mean, Jorge Masvidal was coming after him this past week on uh, Twitter because he turned on him when it sounds like Jorge Masvidal gave him a place to sleep when he moved yeah. out there. I mean, it sounds like he's not a good dude. He's His persona, whether he was like that before or not, has morphed him into a worse person. And even if you take the political part out of it, who he lines himself with politically, people have different political views, whatever. I don't necessarily agree with them, but that that in itself doesn't make you a bad person. But yeah. calling the entire country of Brazil savages or whatever he called them. Yeah, yeah I'm glad um, you elaborated. Using a dead relative to... Uh, it's like Usman's manager's daughter died or some shit like that. Sh- some shit like that. And Colby's attacking that. Like, There's some things that are crossing the line in MMA. When you're bringing people's family members, especially uh, late family members into it, like... That's so over the line and beyond any character that you're playing. I'm glad you elaborated on that because even though I do feel extremely strong about this particular political view, you saying that it's more outside of that, him calling Brazilian filthy animals and whatnot, that's definitely 100% what makes him a piece of shit. But when you, based on what you just said, what's the line for Conor McGregor? Since he's Conor McGregor, more of a good guy in a sense... What is his, is his line extended? In and a I sense, I don't agree that Conor McGregor is a good guy, but I guess that makes my point on this kind of more relevant. Almost is uh, going into and after the Conor McGregor Khabib fight and the brawl and everything that happened after, people called into question Conor saying things about Khabib's dad. But to me, Khabib's dad puts himself into the spotlight. Like, he's not somebody that's completely out. You he's see someone, headlines about what Khabib's vocal. dad is all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, Khabib's dad is in MMA headlines just as much as fucking anybody who's actually in the octagon. I agree with So he's putting himself inside the sport. When it's fucking Cameroon's manager's daughter or whatever the hell it is, that's a completely different thing. Like You said one, one was the, is somebody's dead or something? Yeah, some, it was some dead relative of somebody that had something to do with Somebody Colby fought. I know that's a very vague thing. I'll see if I can find That's it. kind of a point I wanted to hit. I wanted to bring up Connor because there is a line between talking shit, but at the same time, a dead family member is incomparable to a piece of shit relative yeah. and a dead relative, if that makes sense. I think that, in general, Connor has done a very good job of towing that line. I think that there were a couple times in the lead-up to the Khabib fight when he brought his wife up and pretty much called her like yeah. an ugly person or and something that, like that. That's that long. we talked about that then. That was not cool, especially because there's like a religious garment that she would happen to be wearing at that time, yeah, but you call her a towel. Or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I think something like that. It was not a good thing at all. Um, but I think in general he's done well to toe that line and Colby literally never has. He's been oh, that's awful right. from the jump. It was Glenn Robinson that he mocked. I don't know why I couldn't remember that but the owner of black zillions oh yeah 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 and similar to the connor and 
Colby similarity comparison or whatever you want to call it, this may not be like an excuse or anything, but I I've, I I one hundred percent believe that I said one hundred percent like five times already that like Connor is one hundred percent did it again playing a role in being this guy just so he can sell a fight. I really think Colby is. It's not even just about playing a role, even though nah. he is playing a role in a sense. I think he really is who he is. I disagree with you there. I don't think Connor is necessarily. I think Connor might be more real than Colby Covington. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I thought. You oh, were wait, 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 you wait. You were saying it the other way. Yeah, I was saying it the other way. I kind of that would you think that Connor is real and Colby is fake, and he's just no. Playing I'm the backwards. Role? I'm backwards. He I thinks think Colby actually believes what he's saying. He thinks Connor is turning himself up to promote a fight. Basically. Yes. I and I agree to an ex like I do, I do think Kobe Covington is like I I believe he sports Trump or whatever, but you're not saying the things you're saying, especially about Glenn Robinson, the late Glenn Robinson. I mean that's just not something you say as a character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's a real thing that he and even if he is playing a character, that doesn't that's not an excuse. What and I and as far as Conor McGregor goes on that note. I think that's the real Conor McGregor, but I think he gets into these moments when he is selling a fight and he's at a press conference that he just gets so he he's not even tr- putting it on. It's just he gets to that level and whatever he says, he says. And I'm not making excuses for Conor McGregor, like like we just said the thing, uh, him talking about Khabib's wife. Um, was there another example that you said? There's probably other things, but, but I mean, uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of them. <laughs> My, but Connor's not putting a message out there that is harmful to people's fucking views on life. You know, yeah, what I mean? that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like my argument sounds like dumb now because it's more like a fifty-fifty. I do agree that this is a real Connor. Like he is this cocky, confident, and shit-talking person. I, I do agree that with that, but I don't think he's like comparable to Kobe because Kobe's discriminating and being racist to a whole race. Connor is just doing research. To get in under people's skins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's he's finding information on his dad compared to calling a whole... What would you call Brazilians? Not a race. Uh, a nationality? A, nationality. Yeah. a whole nationality of filthy filthy animals. Like, that's just not the same. Even if it is the real or fake thing. Fuck Kobe Covington at the end of the day. Yes, sir. Move on. Um, but as far as the implications of the actual fight goes, so Cameron Usman obviously still the welterweight champion of the world. You have Tyron Woodley as the number one contender for some reason. Colby's still number two as of now, I believe. Damn, I thought I had this shit memorized. Now i got to look at it. Um, but I'm just curious as to where we go from here because I feel like Jorge Masvidal is the clear number one contender for the welterweight belt. Yeah, if that's the fight that he wants, that's the fight that he should get. He's talking about George St. Pierre. I don't <laughs> he's uh, right now. He's down under. He's uh having meet and greets where people pay to eat and train with him for a day and have like a Q and A. As far as I'm concerned, GSP is he's out of the picture. Yeah. If GSP wants to come back, he's going to fight who he wants, whether I fucking want it to happen or not. Yeah. Um, I, I will say before this fight, I would wholeheartedly pick GSP. After watching this fight, after truly being into the fight, not just like. GSP over Jorge or Usman? Usman. Over Usman, like oh. just like because I don't talking about GSP versus Usman. Oh, because okay. I don't really I have a th- I didn't good memory, that. if any memory at all, of the Tyron Usman fight. Just beca- besides the dominant performance, I know? mean, yeah, I mean, is a dominant Usman grappling just, performance. Russell fucked him for five. But after watching what he did to Colby, there's no doubt in my mind he beats GSP. 
I never so, thought that Usman was an, an all-around MMA fighter like he yeah. was. Mm-hmm. And GSP is old. I, I mean, he's old. But <laughs> the, uh, he is the... If you look up all-around MMA fighter in the dictionary, GSP is the definition of that term. But now we're into a new age where GSP is fucking from two generations ago. And while there's still plenty of people he can beat on the roster, if you put him against a 2020 all-around great fighter, it's not the same as when he did it in 2008. I kind of see what you're saying, even though I'm still a firm believer that GSP is the one person, if any, MMA fighter to still stay relevant. I just think it's more of a skill and toughness factor, you know what I mean? And I think age. He's more skilled than Cameron Usman. I think that. GSP I, is. But there's also... But he's getting outstruck on the feet. I feel like Usman or standing is up. stronger. I feel like... I, I, I agree. I think there's a... Uh, there would be a size difference. I'm not sure. I don't know the numbers on that. But Usman, it feels bigger than people that GSP has fought at 172. Yeah, plus this is a guy that has been allegedly losing weight. That fight's not going to happen at the end of the day. No. I would pick Usman to do it be- simply because he's so much younger. So the most likely option is Jorge Masvidal. Even though Leon Edwards thinks it's going to be him, I, it's not. It's going to be Jorge Masvidal if Jorge wants a shot at the belt, I believe. Yeah, otherwise it will then be Leon Edwards. So who do? Uh, how do we feel that fight goes, Usman versus Masvidal? I don't want to. It's tough. I don't want to ride the wave, but before the fight, like I said, I'll pick. I'll definitely pick Masvidal. But after that, it's like I don't know who beats him. I feel like Usman is probably a better fighter than Masvidal. But the way Masvidal fights, I don't know if that matters in a sense. And I think that if they would fight, there wouldn't be any of the bad blood that there was leading up to this one. And so I think that Usman would much rather go into his comfort zone, that being grappling. Mm -hmm. I do not know how Jorge Masvidal can deal with Cameron Usman all over him for five rounds. That's true. If Tyron Woodley couldn't handle... Usman's wrestling, then how is Jorge Masvidal going to do it? Exactly. But can he even beat him on the feet? Like, I Yes, he can. You're being silly. I think that... Yeah, I think they can go head-to-head. I think that Jorge Masvidal is a better striker. It's, I don't, it's close, though. It's closer I mean, than I would have thought, but I still think he's cause, better. Yeah. Because Kamaro definitely has a strength over him. Like, if you look, yeah. if you put them side-by-side, you wouldn't even think they're in the same weight. That Most of that's just more of a tone factor, like how muscular they look, but Usman they don't even look like they'd yoke. be in the same weight. Yeah, but I, I, I think, just think that, um, without a doubt, I think that uh, Masvidal is the better striker, and I think he carries more power when it comes to striking. Yeah. I just think that it looks tougher coming from Usman, just the way and he fought a guy that isn't a fantastic striker. If I had I to don't know. pick That's it tough. right now, I'd pick Usman. I, I would pick Usman because I think he'll use grappling in this fight, whereas he, if it was a five-round stand-up fight... Jorge Masvidal would beat him. It's a tough yeah, call. Yeah, I agree. I would um, say four times or nine times out of ten he would if it was only stand-up. Because Colby, he's not a bad striker. But he's not. But he's not striking to finish you. Mm-hmm. He's, stri- he's striking to win points and pressure you and put a pace on you. But it's, yeah, I mean, has, I don't, so I don't, I don't even know Masvidal's resume, but has he TKO'd somebody good recently? Darren Till. Yeah. TKO'd him. Yeah, that was three piece in a soda, baby. Oh hell yeah! It's just hard. And also, can Masvidal push the five rounds and do it at a high pace like 
That's Usman another, did. And Masvidal's never been under the... I mean, he fought Nate Diaz. I think that he could have gone another two rounds in that fight easy. I agree. But the level of competition is also way different. Yeah. yeah Usman's so much different than Nate Diaz. It's also different... I think... It, to me, again, if it was only standing up, I would pick Jorge Masvidal. But because I think that Cameron Usman is a smart fighter... I think Cameron Usman. Did I? I think so. Cameron Usman is a very smart fighter. He's going to utilize his true advantage in that fight, that being the grappling. And if it, even if it doesn't work as well as it has in the past, it'll at least stifle the attack of Jorge Masvidal and interrupt his rhythm. Going back off what you said, the power power factor, you said Masvidal was more powerful. I think a, a one reason that is is because... Just off that one fight against Covington, it seems like a lot of it was jabs rather than mm-hmm. yeah. over-the-head punches he throws, trying to knock him out. He throws hard. Usman does. But I just think his he's a lot more basic in his technique. I think that Masvidal has a lot more he can do on the feet. And oh, yeah. he can – I mean, he can really punish a guy. Um, I At the end of the day, my takeaway from Cameron Usman off of – a great title defense is, A, I like him a whole lot more than I did five days ago. Um, I have more confidence in him than I did five days ago. I believe he's a much better all-around fighter than I did. And uh, I had one more point, but I don't remember what it was. I, Go ahead. Uh, my Another thing I want to take away is shout-out to the UFC for turning up the audience volume and the oh, octagon volume. That was beautiful. That's it perfect was. production. Yeah, that's what it should be every single event. Hearing the crowd makes you feel alive and into it, and then hearing the punches makes it sound that much more yeah. significant in the sense. It's so cliche, but it felt like you were there with the way they had the um, everything mic'd on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I agree. It was very good. Now, there was another point I was going to make before I moved on. Now, I can't remember. Do we want to talk about fucker. the toughness of Colby Covington really quick? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just because Brendan brought it up earlier. I saw a tweet that Buju retweeted. I don't know who it was from saying. Just uh, some nobody. Man. Some MMA Twitter person saying that uh, Colby Covington fought through a broken jaw, whereas Anthony Pettis quit when he had a broken hand. So such different situations. Like they don't even like it's apples and oranges. I don't even get the how you put one with the other one. I understand both takes. On the other hand, I'm less firm on the opposite direction as you are compared to with the dude who actually tweeted the tweet. I I'm disappointed with the outcome of the fight. Maybe that's why I feel this way. But like I said earlier, having a fighter or being a fan of a fighter that can push through adversities, even such as a broken jaw. Even though a broken jaw, like you said, the circumstances are different. But it would be cool to have a fighter that can push through adversities and win. Even though Kobe obviously didn't win, he ended up getting knocked the fuck out. It would be cool to have a fighter that can push through. If Anthony Pettis is tied on the cards going into the fifth round of a championship fight, it's a lot less likely that he stops in between the rounds than it is if he has a broken hand in a non-title fight when he's losing on the cards. I agree, but do you think... In a fight that he's only going to win if he finishes his opponent, he You needs think Rufus hand. lets him fight, no matter... Even if it's for a championship fight with a broken jaw? No way in my mind do I, I think, think he, he would. Let, I don't think he does. I think he would. I think it's a totally different situation, because I don't think that I agree Pettis it's a totally different situation. want to stop at all, and he would advocate against it. Whereas I don't think he really did advocate against stopping it against Tony Ferguson. I also want to say he also quit against quit uh, use air quotes against Dustin Poirier in a fight that that was close on the cards. 
Yeah. Um, that would have been the better option, I think. Also the better, a non-title fight. Yes. But I just think that that would have been a better comparison in this situation. But um, And that was a broken rib. Mm-hmm. F- fucking broken ribs are so awful. I'm sure a broken jaw is awful. Yeah. Like, I'm oh. not discounting Colby Covington for continuing with a broken jaw. I mean, as much as I dislike Colby... That's a badass thing to do is go into the fifth round of a championship fight when you've been getting punched in the mouth all fight long to go into it with a broken jaw to try and win that title. It's a badass thing to do. But comparing it to a situation that isn't even on the same level is such a dumbass tweet. I think it was a stupid-ass tweet. I yeah. think a lot of it's coaching because as soon as he said it, the coach was like, and he didn't actually, he didn't exactly say this, but he was basically saying, shh, don't let the yeah. referees hear you because we're trying to win this fucking fight. They don't, we don't want to cancel it. And it's also a situation where I've never had my jaw broken. I've never had my hand broken. But I feel like you don't need your jaw to fight. Yeah, that's one point. Like, you're not finishing somebody with your jaw. Anthony Pettis needed his hands to win that fight. And granted, I'm sure getting punched in your jaw sucks. But what I was saying is (laughs) I feel like you know if you broke your hand. When you've been getting punched in the face for four rounds, your jaw probably hurts anyway. It's not necessarily for sure that it's broken. You know what I mean? I, it was that I mean, one... he said it as soon as it happened, and so... It was yeah. that one singular punch that did it. Yeah. I'm glad his jaw's broken. It was crazy, because in that replay, when he got punched in the jaw, he was complaining about an eye poke. Was he? Right after that, is at the end of a round, when that they showed that replay, he complained about an eye poke when really he broke his jaw. All in all, what a great fight. It was so good. Hats off to both of them for putting on the fight that they did. Take away all the biases and dislikes and likes and all that. A great fight by two really good welterweights. I'm glad we got to see it. And going into it, I thought it was going to be a boring fight. Boy, mm-hmm. was I wrong. Yeah, didn't 100%. Think, didn't think it should have been the main event. So hats off to the UFC for being right on that point. It's great for the UFC, and I think it's a fight of the year candidate. doesn't deserve to win, but it has the it, level it's a, of excitement it's for It's a top it. five fight of the year. Top three, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, moving on to the Coleman... Before we do that, who's next for Colby? Did you give Tyron Woodley? Woodley. Tyron Woodley. Then what do you do with Leon Edwards is the only. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Forget that kid. For now, forget that kid. Um, So moving on to the co-main event, Max Holloway loses his featherweight championship to Alexander Volkanovsky in a fight that I don't feel like that was that close, but Twitter seems to disagree with me. They won an immediate rematch. Um, They think if they fought 100 times, it's 50-50. I don't... Coming off of that, I don't feel that way. It felt like Volkanovski was clearly a better fighter in the cage on Saturday. Yeah, he was. I think that he literally outclassed Max in every capacity. He was able to uh, keep him from getting in rhythm. And I I think that was the biggest thing in that fight. Max is, like you said, Max is, he's going to fight one way. Like, no matter what you do, you're not going to change Max's game plan. He's not going to shoot a takedown on you. He's not going to try and submit you. He's going to try and put pace on you, pressure you, get you against the cage, land 100 shots in a row. And if he can't do that, he's in trouble. Um, He's a great stance switcher. I think Joe Rogan is making a bigger deal out of him switching stances after the leg kicks, making a bigger deal out of it than it was. But at the end of the day, Volkanovski had a perfect game plan against Max. He executed it perfectly kind of took away Max's game from Max and got the win because of it. I don't know. I don't want to say anything because it's almost, no matter what I say, it's a hot take and a bad take, but I almost feel like Max is slightly overrated because... I don't necessarily disagree. 
because he is a very one-track fighter, like I was just saying. Like, if you take that away from him, because every kind of everybody he's fought up to this point, like, Max was able to stay on that one track. Jose Aldo's not going to take you out of that game plan. Brian Ortega couldn't. He tried and failed. Um, Frankie Edgar couldn't. Frankie Edgar couldn't, and he's and one two of, of those guys wrestlers. are older, washed-up fighters. Not saying they're bad by any means, but they're well, way also, past their Jose prime. Jose Aldo, he fights the same way. Like, yeah. literally the same way. And even, I said even when we were going into, when we were making our picks last week, Volkanovski's a terrible matchup for Max on paper, but Max has just overcome that with everybody's fault. Like, Frank, like Frankie is the ultimate bad matchup for Max, but it didn't matter. So I felt like, why would it matter here if it didn't matter there? And it turns out it mattered a lot because Volkanovski took Max out of his game plan and that result happened. I mean, I know Max is young. I 100% believe... It's crazy that he's only 28. Yeah, he's one, he, he will... He'll definitely be back. He'll be a champion again someday. But will he? I definitely think so. Volkanovski will not be a dominant champion. I don't. And that being said, like even though I do think Volkanovski outclassed Max, I don't think it's an impossible fight for Max to win. Like I think if he goes in there with a better game plan and uses utilizes a little bit more MMA skills than the typical, excuse me, Max Holloway fight, I feel like it is a winnable fight. He just can't get stuck in that one thing. Yeah, and he also, I mean... Or he has to take away part of Volkanovski's game. I think that one of the bigger things that happen, and every single time that a decision goes this uh, away where someone utilizes leg kicks, I say this, leg kicks, use them. They it's, matter so It messed much. up so, his game plan because he's a good stance switcher, but he was forced to, and he didn't switch stances until the fourth or fifth round mm-hmm. when the other leg was chewed up too. So I think that that was a very underrated part i didn't hear the commentary talk about that like at all besides when he switched it originally mm-hmm. they didn't talk about the effectiveness of volkanovsky there rather just the handicap of max holloway i agree um but i will set when am i keep, keep, keep continuing with the state of 145 right now i don't think it's crazy that max gets an immediate rematch just because he did have a fucking 14 fight undefeated streak at featherweight going into this one but if Zombie beats Frankie this Saturday, I feel like that throws a wrench into the situation where we do have a kind of a legit contender. If Zombie does win, I believe he deserves well, he it. He is like behind Zabit, and he's fighting someone ranked lower than Zabit. Is Zombie behind Zabit? Zabit's ranked third. He's behind, He was behind Volkanovski and uh, Brian Ortega. That's but it. even no, no matter where Frankie Edgar's ranked, it's a very legitimate win. Without a doubt. I'm just saying, I don't know if... The UFC wants Zabit to fight for a belt. I think if Zombie wins on Saturday, it very much mixes up the situation. It depends how he wins, though. I think you do. With Max, if Zombie wins Saturday, I think you do Volkanovski versus Zombie, Max versus Zabit. I I love that. I feel like Max beats Zabit's ass. Yeah. I feel like that's a terrible matchup for Zabit. Yeah, because I saw a quote from him because people obviously have uh, very justifiably criticized his cardio in his early UFC career. And he said, do you think it's easy to fight the way that I fight? I fight to put on a show for the fans just as much to win. Max does it too, though. Oh, well, I agree. And Max can go five full rounds. Max versus beat in Hawaii? Mm. 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 Bring it to the island. I love that. Um, then I like, I'll fucking die for Max Holloway any day of the week. Max Holloway is my guy, but just wasn't a good performance on Saturday. And it's kind of annoying that he doesn't game plan at all. Really. He's going to fight his fight no matter what fight you bring to him. So if you take him out of that, 
it's not going to go well for Max. Well, and we'll see what happens because this was the only fight that he didn't work out for him in the last yeah. 14. Maybe it's just a bad night. You never know. Yeah. I think that he will definitely be back, and I also think he'll be champion. I just wanted to throw a little Izzy in there because it's fun. Max also lost two of his last three fights. That has to be factored in. Yeah. In similar ways. Mm-hmm. I think that Poirier, I don't think Poirier used leg kicks like that. He might have. But I think that instead of that, he was ripping to the body early and often, and he just uh, stunned Max. And this fight was closer than the Poirier one. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that Max might have won two rounds in this one, whereas if he might have won one against Poirier, I would be surprised. So let's say, like, even like for the what if scenario, that Max loses to Volkanovski again. So he's like almost stuck in the division. He already went down, so he can't really experiment like everybody else is experimenting when they're failing at one division to move up or down. I don't think he will be let. I don't think he'll be bound to succeed at a at the lower division. Just seeing what he did against Poirier, that's kind of at the higher division. Yeah, but um, that's at one fifty five, not one forty five. That's kind of why I wouldn't hate seeing him have a non title fight next, because obviously if he loses to Zabit, I mean that causes a whole lot of problems in itself but you lose to Volkanovski now take an immediate rematch lose to him again then you have to sit around and wait for Volkanovski to lose the belt before you can think about being champion again so that's why that's one reason I don't like the idea of an immediate rematch and I feel like you should only get him in extreme circumstances anyway and I don't know if this is one of those yeah I think that honestly this is a-okay with me I want him to fight Zabit I think that's actually a perfect fight to regain some momentum he can fight a max holloway fight also mm-hmm. and just fight for five rounds and he can do that against zombie too but zombie's power worries me a little bit yeah i'm that that's a very interesting if matchup what my ideal scenario would be if zombie wins like i said before you do what's the fucking name volkanovsky versus zombie max versus the beat but if zombie loses you can do max versus zombies the beat versus volkanovsky yeah I like That's my all. ideal scenario, but what I think is going to happen is an immediate rematch. Probably. The division may not be loaded from top to bottom, but the top five or six or around there, it's pretty fun. I mean, yeah, you, like, let me like, pull up. All those fights that you just named all interest me. So, mm-hmm. And then you add in Brian Ortega to that yes. mix, Frankie Edgar, Yair Rodriguez, Hanato Moicano, Jose Aldo if he decides to go back up. Frankie Edgar is always floating around. Josh Emmett, Jeremy Stevens. Like, it's a pretty nasty division. It's more deep than I thought. I, I, I was kind of wrong. Calvin Qatar. This is crazy that we're over a half hour in, and we've only talked about two fights. Yeah, and then moving on to Amanda Nunes now. It She's the like She was going to fucking bulldoze through her in the first round, and then Jermaine Duranamy gave her quite a bit of problems moving forward after that. There was at moments where it seems like, is Nunes going to survive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there were, she spent a good chunk of the fight just surviving, which is something we've Never seen from Amanda Nunes, I don't feel like. Not in recent matches. Not, not major, that I've seen. Not in major fights. Yeah. I thought that it was... I think she was. She put it all out in that first round to try to get yeah. that finish. And then when she didn't... I mean, she looked tired in the second. Do you think that changes the way she fights going forward? Maybe. Nah. But I think it. she might just be more aware of how much time she has. I think kind of everybody was a little bit guilty of um, underrating Jermaine Durand me a little bit, too. Yes. For, for me, for sure, and I think Amanda Nunes might have made the same mistake. Granted, she, already, she kicked her fucking ass in the first round. Yeah, so. and she already had beaten her, so she already yeah. knew what she was like. Can you not play with that? Why? Because I hear it, and it's bothering me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but 
it was definitely a surprise, but I don't think that she was ever in trouble. I don't know, man. I, I don't like think she was like she was gonna times. lose. She wasn't she almost like she was in a pretty tight submission. Yeah, I, I felt like, like she was going for desperation clinches a few times. I, I still think that she wasn't in that much. And trouble. the question mark on her cardio has been answered. Her cardio yeah, is not great. That's not a good. I mean, it's it's not the best, but I don't feel like it ever. I don't think anyone has better. No, that can not in the women's threaten divisions. her. Maybe Shevchenko, but she beat her, she twice, beat her twice in yeah. decisions. So. I don't. Amanda Nunes is the best women's fighter yeah. in the world. She's the best of all time, and seemingly this was her last uh, notable challenge on the forefront. Like I don't see another one coming up where it's going to be where she's going to be in trouble. But I didn't see her being in trouble in this one. So yeah, there's a few fighters that I'd Raquel have to Pennington. look and see what uh, fucking Raquel Pennington's going to get the fight if she beats Holly Holm. Oh so. yeah, if that's the, I mean I I feel like there's probably going to be some talent coming up that are good at certain things, but for now, I don't see any challengers. Um, Marlon Marais beats Jose Aldo in a decision, a split decision, right? Yeah. I It was close. I thought Jose won, but it's not an egregious fucking decision. It's not a robbery or by any means. Um, it's, it's a whatever decision. It, it kind of sucks that Marais got the win from a fan perspective because he's already lost to Cejudo very recently. Mm-hmm. Um and fucking it's, Cejudo wants to fight Jose anyway. Sucks that Jose is going to be doing it off a loss because Dane is interested. That's what Cejudo wants. And Jose is not going to say no to a title fight. So it just kind of not the ideal situation coming out of that fight. And I don't think there was anything super notable in the fight to, like, make Marais jump out more than Jose. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I thought that Jose looked better than Marais in the fight. Me too. I, I was surprised how good Jose looked at 135. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And... I'm interested by the fight of Cejudo and Aldo, but the fact that it the the context around it is very suspect because Petter Jan fight fought on this card and demol or he didn't demolish he beats very soundly Uriah Faber. Aljamain Sterling is right there at mm-hmm. 135 pounds. Marais is the number one contender. He just beat Jose Aldo. You're skipping three contenders who can very Plus, legitimately Corey Sandhagen is supposed to fight Frankie Edgar. I don't think that'll happen, but he's supposed to fight him, and he's a legit contender. This would be, like you had said, one of the biggest uh, jumps mm-hmm. of like legitimate contenders that I can think of. It's fine when we do it sometimes. Sometimes you have to do that. But Henry Cejudo is a champion of two divisions. He's going to fight a guy coming off of a loss. Against... Th- uh, number one contender yeah. of one of those divisions. He's not fighting Marlon Marais. He's not fighting Aljamain Sterling. He's not fighting Petr Jan. He's not fighting Joseph Benavidez. He wants to fight Jose Aldo. It doesn't make any sense and, in the context of the situation. Yeah, but the big, the what, what makes the most sense in that fight is I feel like that's probably the easiest to promote from the UFC, UFC's perspective. Yeah, a former champion, big name in Jose, and it's jo- the most Jose money Aldo. for Cejudo, and that's why he wants it. Yeah, I appreciate it. He corrected the Jose to Jose. I don't even hear when he says Jose anymore. Yeah. But that's the only reason. I'm not a fan of coming off a loss and getting a title fight, so I don't really respect it. Mm-hmm. But it's a bitch move by Cejudo, honestly. It yeah, is. like to call him call out a guy that just lost, man, that's that's tough. Cejudo's, he needs to vacate the one twenty five belt. He becomes more and more unlikable all the time. He does need to vacate the yeah. belt. If that fight even gets announced, you vacate. I mean they won't do it until after he fights. 
Bryce right. just mentioned Petter Jan. Very nice performance against Uriah Faber. I kind of expected it to be a little bit more dominant than it was. I felt like Faber was kind of more in it than I expected him to be. But either way, the re- it was the same result that I expected to happen, and Petter Jan got a nice win over a very good name. Does Uriah Faber retire after this? No. I, I think th- he fights at least one more time. At least. I think, honestly, he's going to stick around for another year or two. Jeff Neal got a knockout win over Mike Perry. I kind of discounted Neal when we made our picks last week. Wasn't sure why he was such a big favorite. But he showed why he was a big favorite on Saturday. He looks like a legitimate welterweight prospect. Yeah, and I, I want to see more from him. Honestly, Mike Perry is a guy who very much can lose of type that type of fight, and yeah. he did. So I want to see Jeff Neal against somebody a little bit more legitimate. Maybe Leon Edwards. That doesn't make, uh, or that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, I think that. Or wait, that's wrong division. That's welterweight. I don't know who you fight him. Put him th- against. That is the same division. No, Perry's a. Welterweight. Is they fought at 170. Oh, I feel it. Oh, okay. It's because Mike Perry Perry fought Fall Felder. Fuck, it fucks me up. Yeah. Um, I think that he's probably a fighter two away, like he even said. Um, I think you definitely give him a ranked opponent next because Mike Perry is a solid fighter, but I don't think he's he's an undersized welterweight. Irene Aldana got a knockout, a surprise knockout win over Ketlin Vieta. That was dope. You don't see clean knockouts in women's divisions very often. And, and she has eight first yeah. round knockouts. She melted her, her ass. Yeah, that was exciting. You don't really, like you just said, you don't really see it from the women's division. So it was pretty cool. Doing it for Mexico out here. Hell yeah. Viva Mexico, as some would say. She's very white looking. I support, I love. Yeah, and her name's Irene. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, like a Russian name, isn't it? I feel, I yeah, picture like a fucking. Ant from Kansas. <laughs> An ant? Aunt? Oh. You you say aunt? I was think I was thinking ant. I say I say aunt <laughs> like when I'm talking aunt. to people. Without if I'm not saying an ant's name, I say aunt. That way there's no mix up. Mm, I see. I see. We're talking about like I'm talking about insects. Right. Or ant. the or the uh, or ants the Pixar ripoff of Bugs Life. Ant yeah, is the non Pixar. Yeah. And this is the only way I go. I don't go aunt. I don't go auntie. I don't go tt. Tt. Oh my god. Well, we're white, so we don't resort to that. But. Chase Hooper had a nice uh, breakout performance in his fight. You got a, what, a submission win. No, is TKO. TKO win. He had him clenched up in the choke, and uh, what's his name got out of it. But a nice performance by Chase Hooper. People learning that name. Uh, I made you some money on Buju Bets if you had Chase Hooper. Yeah, it was a good performance. Hopefully he uh, keeps growing as a young man. Being a nerdy white kid is a very marketable trait in MMA, I feel it like. It is, it is. It's just because it's different. Yeah. he's He has Brendan's build, fucking the voice of a seventh grader, and he <laughs> said he was build. going to Eminem world after he got the win. <laughs> what a king. What My, a king. Whose build? My build? Yeah. Yeah, you said it was your build. Jokingly, you sounded like very serious when you said it is that. your build, yeah. but more impressive. <laughs> no, he it, is much more scrawny than I am. Out. Huh? Do I have to get naked on the podcast to prove <laughs> that me. I am not that skinny? If you want to prove a point, especially know, my stomach. We stepped on the scale, buddy. We know you're not yeah. that. You're not fighting at 155 anytime soon. He, he's your build if you worked out. <laughs> yeah, he was, he's, he's your my, build if you were a lightweight fighter. That was my build freshman year. How about that? Okay. Um... And then Brandon Moreno. I, I was very impressed by Brandon Moreno. I picked him to win. I bet on him. Won you some money on Brandon Moreno if you uh, follow Buju Bets. But um, I wasn't expecting as good a performance as he had. I feel like that's a very nice comeback performance from Brandon Moreno after the draw against Askarov and the, and being cut from the UFC before that. I feel like it was a, 
he's got some ways to go still, but he's still super young, and I feel like that was a nice stepping stone for Brandon Moreno. Without a doubt. Uh, but that wraps up all the notable fights from UFC 245, unless somebody has some things they want to touch on there. Nope. It's a good card. Fights belong in Vegas. Like, I, it's cool to have fights in Madison Square Garden because of the history behind it. And it's, you got to go to L.A. sometimes because it's L.A. I hate that we that we go back to New York because New yeah. York stinks. And we need to do the Madison Square Garden card and no other huge fights in New York. I don't like having the pay-per-view in Brooklyn. I don't want to go to fucking Newark. I know that's New Jersey. But um, fights belong in Vegas. Vegas is the fight capital for a reason. Big fights belong in Vegas, and it makes it feel more legitimate when it's there, to me anyway. Vegas is king, and I know they couldn't do this, but having Vegas almost on every other every other pay-per-view, pay-per-view would be like almost it ideal. It is, basically. So, it but sometimes, like it's, it. sometimes it's like three in a row where it's like mm-hmm. New York, Anaheim, and then Houston or something. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like it being in Vegas. It just I makes agree. it feel like a bigger fight. I agree. In Vegas. The biggest always have to be in uh, Vegas. And it's not all the time with Madison Square Garden and the Staples Center and wherever the fuck they go in Anaheim and all those other shit. Mm-hmm. Big fights belong in Vegas is my point. It's the home of the UFC. It's the home of the fight game. Vegas is the fight capital for a reason. Yes, sir. Um, something that's very much not the fight capital, Columbus, Ohio, is going to host Francis Ngano versus Jarzinho Rosenstrick in May. Or March, rather. Um, that's a big step up for Rosenstrick. And as much as I like him, he's about to take a few steps back because he's getting knocked out by Big Frank. <laughs> yes, sir. And also, C- Cody Garbrandt is fighting on that card again. Rafael Sunso. Yeah, Rafael Sunso. It's a must win for Cody. Unless, until he proves me wrong, I'm not picking that bum. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I like Rosenstrick a lot. I think he can make big waves in the heavyweight division. I don't know if he'll ever be champion, but I think he's a very legitimate prospect. It's very raw skills um i think if he can put everything together he can be a very very good fighter in a division that needs really good fighters but he's fighting the most dangerous human on the planet in francis Ngannou, and that just doesn't usually work out well for somebody he needs francis to make mistakes or i should say to to beat francis Ngannou, you have to fight the perfect fight because it only takes one second for francis Ngannou to put it away yeah so and unless the further in the uh fight though you go the more time you can make uh mistakes if it goes to a three-round decision how do you feel like it i think francis or five round rather i think he can win a decision i don't think think, yeah i don't think that's crazy i yeah i maybe because like i'm outriding how you pronounce the name rosenstrike rosenstrike but i think francis wins it's just such a huge step up like um Fucking what's his dumb name? Arlovsky is former champion, but obviously taking a lot of steps back. He's still a name. Like, you step in there against Arlovsky, you're taking a risk, you're going to lose. Yeah. And Rosenstrike had as impressive of a performance as you can have against Andre Arlovsky. Knocked him out in seconds. Goes in there against Alistair Overeem on short notice. Had to travel to do it. Um, it was a big win there. Like, he weathered the storm. Got a very. Well, he was also four seconds away from yeah, losing. Got a very late knockout win against. So the person who's one step below that top tier at heavyweight, I think. But now you're fighting the guy at heavyweight, even if he's not the crowned guy. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just such a step up that it's a, it's a tough one to overcome. I don't think it's impossible, but, but like I said, you have to fight the perfect fight against Francis Ngannou or there's going to be dire consequences. Yeah, your face will be rearranged. Damn, that's tough. 
What? Just hung up right away. A spam. Oh. Um, <laughs> looked like I had a contact note. No, it said spam risk. So we're about to get into picks for this weekend. Uh, I will. Uh, oh, no. Ro- Rosenstrike Hardy. If Rosenstrike loses, is that pushing Hardy's too much though? Maybe. Yes, but I mean he has to do it eventually. That's yeah. a fun fight though. Is what um, I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. I also, feel like that's what they should have done. So also, f- before we do move on, I want to say this is a card that we might go to. Yeah, in so, Columbus. Potentially. Yeah. Well, we have to see. What, what's the what date? March, March 28th. 28th. Before Oof. racing season, but it's a Saturday. Yeah. We, so. Yeah, we, we shall see. Yeah, we'll see how Depends it, on that price. all shakes It's got to be Nashville prices. Yes. It 100%. can't be Chicago prices. <laughs> Summer is ideal, though. Yeah. But Obviously. summer's racing season. Oh, yeah, and it will fall on a Saturday, so yeah. you're right. Yeah, they're race car drivers. Hell, yeah. As well, for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's a th- fight that we might go to, so if you're thinking that you might uh, check that out, leave a comment or a review and let us know. An maybe opportunity we... for the return of the Untitled MMA travel diary? What did we call that? Road diary? Untitled on, on the, the road. road. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but we'll yeah. Bring it back, baby. That was fun. I hope we do get to do that. That was fun, especially to help almost break up the drive. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, But, yeah, let's get into picks for this weekend's card. We're only picking three fights on this card, kind of a weak one. Um, But picks on the Inside of MMA podcast from this point forward are brought to you by Buju Betts. That's your cue. Put his phone back down. If you like free money, at Buju Bets is the place for you. Free gambling picks with a winning track record. Hell yeah. And 100% open and transport picking history. All pet. Transparent. What did I say? Transport. <laughs> Hell yeah. All picks, records, and margins are free and, pu- and public, and the full history will soon be posted on BujuBets.com. I will repeat that. BujuBets.com. Um, he is 2-2 two and two this past weekend on MMA, a profit of 3.5 units, excuse me, and a 4-2 and two overall MMA record. And he is happens to also, oh, got a notification, he happens to also be the best college football gambler on this planet Earth. Follow at BujuBets on Twitter and also visit BujuBets.com. Spread the word, get rich with your friends. Let me repeat this one more time. Get rich with your motherfucking friends. Hell yeah, cussing in the ad read. Oh, Glad yeah. it's just me and not a real <laughs> sponsor. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was me. That was I did the ad and then I did my interpretation. It doesn't matter because it. it's me. But if it was a real ad read, you don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but that was good. That wasn't that bad for the first ever ad read on the show. Yes, sir. 104 episodes in. By the number one stutterer. And then if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the show to get some of this sweet, sweet airtime, go to UntitledMMA.com. Check out our shop. I'm pretty sure the information is down there. Contact us page. Contact us page. But um, now that Bryce brings up UntitledMMA.com, I'm having computer issues at the moment, but I'm in the process of kind of redoing the website a little bit. It's not going to be radical changes, but since the blog isn't the main focus of what we do anymore, it's just going to look a little different. It's going to be, um, you're going to be able to navigate it differently than you do currently when you visit the website. So check out the new untitledmade.com coming soon. It's still up right now, but it'll change soon. Like I said, picking three feet, three feet, three fights from the UFC Busan card in South Korea. Um, first one, Korean Superboy, Duho Choi, the minus 300 favorite against Charles Jourdain. Obviously, Duho Choi's most notable fight, the fight of the year winner, I believe, against Cub Swanson. Awesome, awesome fight. Um, he's the minus 300 favorite here. Jourdain's only UFC fight is a decision loss to Des Green. I think that tells you all you need, all you need to know. Then you look at the odds and see the Superboy's a minus 300 favorite. I think it's kind of an easy choice here, and I think Korean Superboy gets a UFC win. 
I have Duhoi Choi. I don't really have anything like notable of him besides that one fight versus Cub Swanson, which was awesome, like you said. But he's a favorite for a reason, I believe. So give me that boy. Uh, Duho Choi is put on this card to get a dub in front of South Korea. UFC is trying to break into the Asian market. Having some homegrown talent is good to do that. That was my yo Yoel impression. Give me that boy. Vulcan Uzdemir is a plus 125 underdog. Former title challenger Vulcan Uzdemir is a plus 125 underdog to Alexander Rachik, a minus 155 favorite. Um, Rachik's coming off back-to-back nasty first-round finish wins in the UFC. The only loss in his career was his very first pro fight. Um, at one time, I felt like this would be a walk-through win for Vulcan Uzdemir, but we have not seen that same Vulcan that we saw in the build-up to his title fight with Daniel Cormier. His only win since then is against Ilar Latifi. Uh, Uzdemir's fallen off quite a bit, and I feel like Rachik is on the come-up. So cross-passing a little bit here. And it's going to come out in Rachik's favor when he gets a win in South Korea. Yeah, one is certainly on the de- decline and one's on the uprising. But I'm going to go out on a limb. Not a big limb because it's pretty close odds. I'm going to go with Vulcan. Yeah. No, I'm not going with Vulcan. <laughs> yeah. I'm going with Alexa- Alexander Rakich. Rakich? I, I said I said I went with Rakich, but I don't know. Uh, however you say his name, we'll probably learn uh, soon after this weekend. But I think that he's just on the rise and Vulcan Uzmir has a very suspect chin. A very exciting main event, in my opinion. Not as exciting as the original main event, but very intriguing, and it has a, a lot of implications at featherweight right now. Excuse me. Frankie Edgar, a plus 150 underdog, not something you hear often, excuse me again, against Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung, the minus 185 favorite. Um, zombie only has three decisions in his entire career, only one of them in a major organization. That was in the WEC in 2010. Um, gut feeling here is Frankie should win this fight. Like he's the ultimate grinder, 145 pounds. He's fought anybody who's everybody. He's only lost to the best. But if you look at the data, you look at who Zombies fought and beat. You look at who Frankie has fought, beat, and lost to. It kind of points to Zombie winning here. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like when I when this fight was announced, I even I think I messaged Bryce and said this is a bad matchup for Zombie. But when you look at who he's fought and who he's beat. It doesn't look like as bad of a matchup as it seems like it should be on paper. So going against my gut feeling here, I think Korean Zombie gets a win when you look at everything that uh, goes into this fight. It feels like it points in Zombie's favor, even though the gut feeling says it should be otherwise. This may be a bad comparison, but when I see this fight, I think of Max and Volkanovski in a way where Max is more established and Vol- or not Volkanovski, and Edgar are more established. But it just goes the other way in a sense. Like it just feels like it's gonna go that way. And in saying that, I'm gonna go with the Korean zombie. I think he is very deserving of a title shot and he will be after this win. I also am gonna go with the Korean zombie here. I think that um the fact that Frankie Edgar's for one filling in on short notice has to go across the world to fight the Korean zombie is not gonna help. He's gonna be in South Korea in front of his people. And I think that his style, I mean, Max beat him. I think that him and Max are the most comparable style-wise in that division. Mm-hmm. And I think he has more power. He might be able to finish Frankie Edgar inside of three rounds. But I think that he can win a decision, too. Because the way he fights, is hard for him to lose rounds. Yeah, if you get knocked out by Byron Ortega, you can get knocked out by Korean Zombie. That's facts. Um, yeah, it's a fun fight. And like we were talking, we kind of broke down the whole title picture earlier. But... 
both of these guys yeah. could jump into the 145 title picture with impressive performance. And even if Frankie doesn't jump into the title picture, he's taking Zombie out of it for the moment if he gets a win. So, and Corey Sandhagen sitting here like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, because there's still. I've said this so many times. You're not gonna if you have a fight scheduled a month after you fight the Korean Zombie, you might as well scratch it. You're not making it. He's gonna he's gonna hurt Frankie Edgar. It's not gonna be good. Um. So I feel for Corey Sandhagen, but money talks. Korean Zombie, he literally doesn't go by his own name. I'm glad we had a good card to talk about coming off of, and we had some picks to make because nothing happened in MMA this week outside of the fights and the upcoming fights. No, not really. Just some just regular Twitter dumb yeah. stuff. Um, me doing a, a podcast not right after school makes me like so much better. I'm not pissed off. <laughs> I'm in a better mood. Um, before we get into post-MMA discussion, I guess we should give our MMA plugs. Yes. So, if you like this show, we, for one, thank you. We're pretty good at this. Um, give us a like, a comment, share, subscribe, follow, whatever it is on the pod, uh, the platform you're listening to. Um, you can listen to this podcast on Apple or iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, Google most Play. Google Play, most podcast platforms, we're going to be out there. Um, you can give us also a shout on social media at Untitled MMA on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Untitled MMA. Give us a shout there. Um, if you're thinking about going to Columbus, how do you think those two fights that we announced are going to go? I want to hear your thoughts. So post MMA discussion. I don't really have anything like. Really? That I want to. No, no big points. I felt like we. We're already an hour in. Like, Well, to be fair, that's how it normally goes. So if you do sign off now, thank you. We love you. Anything we want to touch on? Post-MMA? The only thing that just coming to my mind, I seen a post 100 days till baseball, and I do not give a flying fuck. No, baseball people, like, I love baseball. I love watching Cubs baseball. But baseball people are so fucking insufferable. It's baseball season. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Baseball people. <laughs> Seven people care about baseball. Ba- baseball people are the biggest on countdowns, it seems like. Hockey people are about that life, too. Well, there's only, like, legitimately six of them in yeah. total. So, And I feel like a big reason of that is, is, like, if you're a baseball or a hockey fan, like, you're mostly just that sport. But if you like basketball, you like basketball, football. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? in a way. I feel like a lot of basketball people, though, are just basketball people. I think football is the only people like they're nobody's really just a football fan, you know. Yeah. Unless I mean? you're a fan of multiple levels, yeah, including like high school level. Because there, are, I think feel like there are NBA people who are just just focused on the NBA. Like I don't want college football to end and baseball no. can slow down. College football coming to a close is very sad, especially for me who's won so much money on college football this year. That's taking away part of my income. <laughs> What do you do with that extra income? Do you just it's all gone into the race car? Okay, yeah, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to Buju Bets for funding a Amen. race car. That's why that motherfucker is going on the hood, probably now. <laughs> like it's legit funding the race car at the moment, mm-hmm. which is crazy. That's how good of a college football season I had gambling. Which I mean, Buju Bets is just for fun. In the end of the, at the end of the day, I'm not making money. Obviously, I'm not charging for picks. But the run I went on in college football this last season and the season previous, I had a really good season too. And Brendan's helped me out with picks. He's given me a lot of very good picks that have go- gone on to Buju Bets. I don't necessarily 
um, publicize whose picks are whose because they're all kind of go together at the end of the day anyway. But a great year on college football. I want a lot of money. You don't really see that in game line. Hitting at 60% is so, so hard. That's not me tooting my own horn. You just don't see that in gambling. It's crazy to do. Bujubets. Bujubets.com. Bujubets. Both of you on your Christmas breaks from college. How's that? It's fucking awesome. <laughs> First so, semester of college is almost done, and I love almost it. Almost done. It's not done? I have an online final piece of cake due Friday and a final project due tomorrow or Thursday, which it's an easy project, but every assignment, well, every project that he's given that I thought was easy, he manages to find a way to give me a C. So let's kind of talk about college for a second because you're both in very different stages of college. Mm-hmm. Brennan just basically finished his first semester as a freshman. Um, How's college, dude? Is it what you expected it to be? I mean, I'm very adaptable, so it's it's whatever. I think it is what I expected it to be. I will say the first two and, two and a half weeks of college was probably the or one of the hardest times of schooling. Just the changes, yeah. all the assignments at one time. You seemed overwhelmed for it. Oh, I was stressing at homework every night. But I mean, it's also different if you're like, if you're in college and only in college. But I'm also not to like. Yeah, I'm also work. I was working 25 hours a week at that time. I'm working less now, so it makes it less bad. And just like other obligations, like family, friends, uh, race car, racing. So having obligations work and school all at one time for the first two weeks of college it was just like everybody says the biggest part was time management but at at the post two and a half weeks it started to slow down chill out i felt like i was getting less assignments i don't really think i was just because i work less so i have more time for myself you just, you just build the expectation you kind of know what you're getting and yeah you know what what other things you have to do and like you said time management you just kind of you figure it out yeah the first two weeks was extremely hard. After that, it's been really easy. It's been a cruise. But so, it's also the first week or first semester, so it's going to be easy. So Bryce is going into his last semester in college. Yes, sir. Um, as somebody who didn't go to college, I'm fucking 26 years old. I'm the fuck up on this show. <laughs> but um, I didn't say that. But <laughs> um, Your overall college experience, A, was it what you expected it to be? And I don't know. Go with it. Was it what you expected it to be? Well, for me, I was actually able to take a college class while I was still in high school. So, on the academic side, for one, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I'm a smart person. Very in- book smart, at least. I School's always been easy, and college has been no different. There's things that are difficult, especially group projects where people are mm. dumb. <laughs> but, all in all, college is very easy. And for what I've dealt with. And so in that on that front, 100% what I expected it to be. Is there any like, damn, this is about to be over, or is it I can't wait for it to be over? It's bittersweet. Um, because right now, I have it very easy. Yeah. I have my own apartment. I have no roommates. I don't have to leave if I don't want to because I have a like washer and dryer in the unit. Uh, I have a super cushy job right now where it's remotely... Uh, and I get paid fairly well. Mm-hmm. I have a very light class schedule, and I pretty much can just do what I want. Which so it's uh, gonna suck to lose that, but at the same time, once I do graduate, I'll start making a lot more money. Are you excited to start real life, for a lack of a better term, or is it? Are you dreading it in a way? 
again both because i'm excited to make real money to get mm-hmm. capitalize on the market value that i think that i'm worth but at the same time i have to then do this for the rest of my life and then yeah. i have to decide when i can and can't take breaks and or i don't get to decide that i have to get approved if i want to take a vacation yeah and things like that so i'm not looking forward to that part but the money part and independence that'd be fun the end of that school life where you hit that cutoff where school's over whether it be you drop out of high school or you finish high school and you're not going to college or you do finish college whatever it may be that cutoff in between where your school ends and real life begins like i can understand why some people can't navigate that gap because it is such a fucking a slap in the face where you're going from and granted, some people work, and so both of you are working while you're in school. You've both worked real jobs. It's not have, the same. And it's you really have not. other obligations. But that excuse and that, not necessarily excuse, but you don't have that to fall back on anymore. You're not a student anymore. You're not in school. You're not a full-time student. You're. This is real life now. And I can see why some people, when they're making that jump, fucking fall off the cliff and never manage it correctly you know that's, what I mean? that's right. a difference working 15 to 25 hours for my case at starbucks while in school is not the same compared to working 40 hours at a factory it's not the same well also you haven't worked in a professional environment yet yeah. it's a lot easier i'm sure in social than working in a factory I, but in, i'm just saying yeah in a even if you factors. have the work experience the cutoff is definitely there there's a difference yes yeah. Especially if you are because in a mind-numbing environment. It goes from being a summer job or a job to pay for college to this is your life now. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why uh, what I hope for you as you through go through college is that you find something that you enjoy to where – because everyone wants to say that dumb thing like if you find what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That's dumb. The thing You're going to work a lot. The thing with Brendan is like – and I don't know if maybe it's because me and Brendan – are around each other so much or talk to each other so much, whatever it is. Brendan seems like he can, and he kind of said it a little bit ago, can adapt to any situation he's in. So once he picks a path and decides this is one he's going to do, I think he's going to end up loving it no matter what it is. Yeah, and I just want to say that I hope you find something that you enjoy because it's better to have something that you feel at least fulfilled doing rather than... This is your job. Yeah. You're going to work. and I'm almost going against that because if I want to do something that I fulfill fulfilled, I'd be a teacher. I want to be a teacher. Only thing holding me back is pay. I care too much about salary. Yeah, I would I love mean, to be a teacher, and I don't care what people say where kids are dickheads and blah, blah, blah. They I know are. <laughs> I know I'd be one of the teachers that are loved, and I know I'd be a great teacher. And one of my biggest things I want to do in my career is to help people, impact people, change the world. But that's not to but, say that's the only thing you're going to like either. Like, yeah. you're going into marketing and yeah. business management or whatever it is. But I feel like that's also something you're going to yeah. really like. That's the biggest thing with that is it's not really. I mean, yeah, I guess I'm helping people buy stuff. They're like, I, I really want to help people. That's what I, think I love. Being fulfilled in your job is kind of a cliche in a way, too. Oh, I want to be is, fulfilled. In my- I think that fulfillment is very different than happiness. Yeah. Or, like, loving what you do. Because if you can feel a sense of purpose behind what you're doing, it makes it a lot easier to go in each and every day. And, like I said, I'm the one who didn't go to college in the show. I am working a factory job, a management-level factory job, but a factory job nonetheless. And I do like my job, like, the actual aspects of the job I enjoy. It's I don't mind doing the physical work because it's nothing fucking life or death or anything. It's not back-breaking work. 
but I am just going to work and I am just punching a clock and I'm not getting anything out of it. It's not adding to my life. Um, I'm not learning any life. Well, I guess I am learning life skills in a way, but I'm also in, I put myself in an opportunity where I'm a sociable person at work. I work hard. I show up. I don't make excuses, stuff like that. And I have an opportunity to move up in the company that I'm at. Um, but I made the path more difficult where I don't know. College definitely isn't for everybody. That's not even a question. Like there's some people who just don't belong in college, whether I was one of those people, I don't know, but this is the path that I'm on and it's the one that I'm not stuck in, but it's the path that I'm moving through. Right. You guys put yourself in a better situation where obviously things can happen and things can change and minds can change and uh, situations aren't always the ideal outcome, but you're putting yourself on the track that you want to be on in a way. Yeah, you you got 20 different paths right in front of you. Yeah. Don't know what you're about to take. And I'm got I'm on with a shovel fucking digging into the fucking <laughs> snow trying to get through that path. And you guys are – and this isn't like – this isn't being negative at all. I'm just like – Illustrating the situation. Yeah. And that was just kind of me talking out loud as we talked through the college situation and life in general, I guess. This is by far the deepest we've ever gotten on the fucking post-MMA discussion. Oh, this One thing I want to say is you love your job, but you hate the people. And because you hate the people, you hate your job. But it's, Which, hold on, let me finish. In saying that, you almost got to be lucky to completely love your job because one single aspect, like let's say there's 20 things about a job and there's only one bad thing, that one bad thing can make you hate your job. So you almost have to get lucky with actually loving your job. And Bryce brought up that, that saying earlier where if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. If you're working a job, they're always going, there's always going to be something you don't like about it. 100%. No matter what, no matter what path you choose, even if it's, what you've wanted to do since you were two years old and you've worked your whole life to get there and you get into that career and you're working through it and it's the perfect company that you want to be at and you love all your coworkers, there's going to be something that you don't like about that job when you're working for another company and working for somebody else. Nobody, There is no per- situation that's perfect. Perfection doesn't exist when it comes to something like that. You're always, There's always going to be a problem, but you're both did put in the work and put yourself on a path where you're going to start in a much better situation than a lot of people. And it's, I mean, from a point of privilege, for sure, that you have you are able to do what you've, the path, you're able to go on the path that you're on. Like, not everybody has the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. But you guys also put in the work, and it wasn't easy to get to the situation where both of you are, and in the long run, it's going to end up paying off for both of you because you did put in the work, and you did go down the path that you went down. And it's 100% parenting because yeah, I'm sure. Because yeah. I... Or, it's a definitely a big part. I don't know necessarily it's not 100%, 100, but it's a big chunk. You need to definitely have a support system behind you to push you to do this and also financially support you when, yeah. I mean, limited earning potential. Because I did have C's and B's and didn't turn into an a, stu- a straight A student until my dad gave me like a little motivator, like... I'll give you money on your report cards if you give straight A's. <laughs> he bought your fucking uh, motivation. Fun and fact, before you do move on from that, my parents did that when we were really young. I have an older sister, um, and she was a middle-of-the-road student, C's and B's, and it was a different dollar amount per grade. But when we started that, I had it was on a gr- different grading scale where it was like numbers, mm-hmm. and so they just didn't count it. The first time that I moved into letters, they stopped the system because <laughs> I've legitimately gotten like straight A's my entire life. And that's something I've kind of never thought of is that does kind of teach the importance of putting in work and um, 
return on your what's the word I'm looking for here? Like return on investment. If yeah. You put in this work, you get yeah. X results. Hard work pays off essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh i think my dad only did it for about like maybe two years so four four semesters length so four times 20 because he paid me 20 and if i didn't get straight a's on the whole thing then i didn't get it was like all or nothing type of thing uh-huh so pro- pro- all in all i profited 80 dollars. oh yeah but that inspired me yeah i think that if you have some sort of reward system it you and you figure out what works to get you there that is like well i already figured out how to do this why am i gonna stop now Yes, that's one hundred percent what it is. And in saying that, even though I give my dad all the credit to it, I am a firm believer because, just like for an analogy, there are so many professional athletes that came from nothing, came from being homeless, came from drugs, and all this and that's bad what, environment, and they can overcome these situations. That's why I brought up the privilege too. Like you guys were already started on on an elevated path from a lot of people, but I do think. And it's a lot harder for some people, and it might seem impossible to some people. But you can get to that path. You are you need to be better than your surroundings. Yeah, one hundred percent. And even though, like I said, even though you guys did start on the elevated path and you started off in a better spot than a lot of people, you still overcame your surroundings in ways like none. Of, neither of your parents went to college, Brendan. I think your dad has a college degree now, but he got it later in life. Both of Bryce's parents got college degrees. Does he have a degree? Yes, know. he does. Both of your parents got college degrees later in life. Mm-hmm. They both had to work like kind of uh, menial. Is that the word? Menial? Yeah, I think so. Sounds like a word. He has to have an associate's, not a bachelor's, right? Either way. Yeah. They both worked Just make sure. very, like, Brennan's dad fucking delivered donuts for a while. Bryce's dad delivered furniture for a long time, delivered drywall for a long time. His mm-hmm. mom worked office jobs, random places forever. Mm-hmm. And you guys both overcame those situations that you started in and you're starting you got, you're starting yourselves off in better situations than the situations you come from. Yeah. Well, hard work pays off, I guess is the um general uh, consensus or whatever of this conversation. Big facts. Big facts. I can't mm-hmm. believe that's where the post MMA discussion went. I can't believe <laughs> yeah, that's I how that not where did we start off at? We started off at I didn't have anything, and then you said something about college, so I asked about you guys' college. What did I say about college? You, before we, Bryce did the plugs, you said something about not yeah. having to do this after school. It's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And also one thing I saw yesterday or today, somebody posted his license plate is 2.3 GPA, and the license plate to that car is a Maserati, which is awesome. That's yeah, I mean, hard almost yeah, to me. Yeah. I fucking hate that. I love that. If you... If you overcame the adversity of not going to college, and oh, made you also dad. might have overcame an adversary of being a dummy and not doing work in college, or his it parents were been... fucking rich and he's yeah, a dummy there's so many who... different situations. I mean, I, respect I don't, I, love it. I don't like that at all because there's so many different ways that he could he could have just gotten lucky and just had a good idea. I, I always fucking... if you can not go to college and become more successful than somebody that goes to college, oh, I give them doubt. more respect than. A college student. I always respect the grind. Like if you make yourself out of some, if you make yourself into something, and you're not coming from like a point where your parents had money and built your career for you and got you a job and this thing where other people, if you worked hard, you put in the work and you built something of yourself and for yourself, then that's always impressive. No matter the situation you went through to get there, I guess. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's why, like a two point three GPA thing. There's so many other things that could have happened there. Yeah, yeah, that's but, not the that's not the whole story, I guess. Is yeah, it's the point. But there. the the generalization of it is what matters. Yeah, to me. I any 
if you don't go to college or you go to college and you failed college, even if you drop out of high school, you can still make yourself make something of yourself in life. It's just finding your path and staying on that path and grinding on the path and getting to the point where you're comfortable. Yeah, one hundred percent. And maybe you're never comfortable. Not. I mean, there's, I don't know. Maybe people. You, yeah, they do that. I'm sure. So. People skills is more important than book smarts. Yeah, that's a fact too. It, you, it depends though. It depends what you're doing. Because yeah. there's certain careers that people skills are a detriment because you have to be able to sit in front of like a computer for eight to ten hours to just get something accomplished. But I do feel like in general that's kind of connections true. are more important than yeah. what you learn, and that's I mean for me I'm uh just waiting on my official job offer for where I'll start working once I graduate in May. And that was because I just networked from a summer job into multiple internships and a potential very lucrative career. So, yeah, that's a quite the discussion. And I guess I am less book smart than you, and I'm not going to progress because I can kill an exam, kill a test, kill assignments. I'm going to progress because I'm good with people. That's why I'm going to progress. And then... Because I'm not a dickhead. From my say. point of view, I guess. I'm also not. I just want to throw that out. I, <laughs> I like to think I'm a fairly nice person. I started at this factory job when I was 17. Started at the lowest level you can be in the company. I was a temporary production employee where I'm taking three parts, snapping them together, putting them in a box 10,000 times a day. Built myself up to, got hired in, became a... Uh, team lead, which is such a bullshit fucking term, but um, kind of a step up. For, I took one step up, took another step up into that team lead position, moved up into a warehouse position, which is a raise and more responsibilities and all that, and then became the supervisor of that of the warehouse department, which is where I'm at now. I did that all of that within two and a half years of being there. So, and that's through people skills and showing off. Showing what you can do in your job and that you're dedicated and that you're going to show up and you're not going to cause problems and you know how to communicate to people. So like I said, you all, no matter what path you take, you can get there. You just have to put in the work and Despite right it being things. a factory job, you can be the dumbest. You can get all Fs on your test and still progress through your people skills. But like Bryce said, it all depends on your situation. It depends on the situation. There's so many factors that go into everything, but all in all, if you work hard and you can leverage any connections you make, you can make something out of yourself without a doubt. And that's why I sell K2 on the side. Oof. Oof. <laughs> on that note. But yeah. yeah, I think we did it. This was a wild ride. We went from fucking Cameron Usman and Colby Covington to how to succeed at life. But we got there, and this, this was the Untied MMA podcast for Brendan, for Bryce, I'm Buju, and... It's a wrap. <laughs>